Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, everyone? We're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another Wednesday edition of the A-Side Live Chat. I am, of course, your host, Jose Youngs, here with MMAfighting.com. It is 10.04 a.m. on Pacific Coast, 1.04 p.m. on the East Coast. Joining us this week, I've been wanting to have him back on since our first, the first, the first time he was on. It was almost a year ago. It's got to be almost a year ago, maybe a little less. But the last time he was on, we talked pretty much everything other than MMA and boxing. We talked pretty much mostly about hip-hop. Casey wasn't here, but welcome back, everyone. Sporting News is Andreas Hale. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, it's been about a year. I think uh, it, it was pandemic time, man. We haven't talked it was. in a minute, so it's good to catch up. There's been a lot happening in the combats world, boxing world, MMA world. There's been a lot happening in the hip-hop world, too. We can talk about that if you guys want to. I remember last time we went on this random tangent, Casey, where we talked, we compared Jay Electronica to Ryan Hall, and that was probably one of the more enjoyable conversations I've had ever on the A-side. But, Casey, how's life in Englewood? Englewood's good. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not 6,000 million degrees like it is everywhere else in the world right now. Yeah. It's a good... Um, Muggy seventy four, so I'm not oh, past the AC yet, so it's good. And I got, I got, I got a refreshing, refreshing water here. You know, my, my cool reusable straw. Everything's great. I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. And- Andreas, what's the weather in Las Vegas right now? Yo, it was cloudy yesterday, and it was still like 100 degrees, and it rained. So it's like the rain came it down rained. and evaporated. Yeah, it, it evaporated on its way down, man. So it was a. Uh, it's hot as balls out here. Um, it's disrespectful. But you're in Arizona. Like, Arizona's completely yeah. disrespectful. So I'm envious of Casey right now. Yeah, me too. We got we have a nice – the rest of the week, our low is 104. That's the lowest it will get for the whole week. And it will probably stay like that all the way up until Halloween, which is just, as you said, disrespectful. But you guys know the drill. You can ask any questions we want. It's not every time, we, every episode, we get someone that also has his toes in the boxing world as deeply as Andreas does. But there was a lot of boxing going on this past week. There's a lot of boxing coming up. There's a big heavyweight title fight uh, at the end of July. Uh, so let, we can talk about that if you want to. So anything you want to ask, throw us, throw it our way. I'm sure uh, Andreas will give some people an update on his project with E, of course, Big E of the WWE. The last time he was on, he was the Intercontinental Champion. I don't believe he's the champion anymore, uh, if I remember correctly, but he is not, yes. I didn't want to say that and not be wrong because I've, I've been a little... Now that pay-per-views are back in all these these markets, I've missed a lot of professional wrestling these past few months, but we could talk about his project too. But Casey, what is our first question? 
to the questions. All right, all right, here we go. Do, 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 do. All right, let's get to the big one. Yep, this is the one I figured we were going to talk about first. He's, Andre's already shaking his head. Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon for interim title. Given Jones goes public about a big payday for heavyweight fight, Ngannou asks in public, what are we doing wrong regarding fighter pay versus boxing? So what's the so when the UFC books Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon, it is a mega flex toward Jones and Ngannou as a display of power. Do you agree? Change my mind. So Andres, wait, wait, couple you questions. Forgot. Jones and Ngannou and Stipe. Don't forget Stipe. <laughs> and Stipe, yes. Stipe, Stipe is now the Stipe is the forgotten man in this heavyweight title picture. So, Andreas, you are you started shaking your head before I even started reading the question. So, when when you heard or you saw Brett Okamoto's tweet announcing Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon for the UFC interim heavyweight title at UFC 265 in Houston in August, what's your initial reaction? Get the f out of here. Um, first and foremost. <laughs> Like, listen, man, Michael Bisping, Anthony Pettis, Robert Whitaker, Cain Velasquez, GSP, Matt Hughes, all those guys went nearly two years without a title defense. Ngannou fought when? Three months ago? Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. An interim title for what? What are we doing here? This is a flex of power. This is absolutely what it is. Cyril Gaon and Derek Lewis, I mean, look, I'd love to see the fight. This should just be a fight. This shouldn't be an interim title on the line. What the hell does the interim title mean? Look, I come from boxing where there's, like, too many goddamn belts, so <laughs> I'd like to see less belts. And now that they just create belts on the fly if a, fighter, if a champion doesn't fight for three months, like, this is turning into boxing without the sanctioning bodies. That, that It's disrespectful, man. I'm going to keep using that word because this is so disrespectful to Ngannou. I don't know if John Jones will ever get a title shot. What are we doing here? I think the the thing that also Francis brought up is he had already done enough to earn his number one contendership when Stipe and DC were kind of holding up the division for three years with it because they DC and Stipe fought once a year against each other for three straight years. And in that time, Francis pretty much lapped the division, and he had asked for an interim title shot on more than one occasion. He asked to fight Jairzinho in Jacksonville for an interim it title. Was very and that was very and that was almost a and I think so. Uh, Stipe knocked out DC at UFC 241 in August of what 2019, if I remember correctly. And then Jairzinho fought Francis in May of 2020. And Francis asked for a title because, and at that point, they hadn't announced the rubber match between DC and Stipe. Francis asked for an interim title. They said, No, we don't need it. We're not interested. Three months later, after winning the title, there's already an interim title. So, Casey, I know you've talked about this a lot, but has, has any other thoughts? crept into your mind after hearing this uh, this announcement without sanctioning bodies and i, I kind of keep telling this to people um there are no rules to a ufc belt if the ufc dana tomorrow just tweeted oh we're stripping francis because i don't know whatever they can do that there's no rules there's no rule book there's, no, there's nothing that says anything that one year six months three months you don't defend it in three days we can take your belt we can do anything they can do whatever they stripped um tony ferguson for tripping on a cable that when he was on a ufc pr tour like he wasn't like on his own he wasn't at a water park messing around or anything he was just he was doing work for the ufc promoting a fight he injured himself and they stripped him of the title so like there's no rules to this it's unfortunately the ufc belt as 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 cool as it is and everything everyone wants one to me it's still just a glorified employee of the month um yeah so you get a, you get a good parking space that's about it there's no 
There's no, there's no rules. They can make him up. And, th- and there's, a, there's a reason for that. So the UFC has options like this. They can just flex their power and disrespect. Um, disrespect their own belt and disrespect Francis Ngannou. Do you think this, Andres, do you think this was a timing thing? Like they wanted one more belt on that August card? Or do you think there's really something Ooh. behind the scenes going on oh, with Francis? More disrespect for Amanda Nunes, too. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> There it is. There it more is. Disrespect, exactly more disrespect. More disrespect. Sorry. Amanda Nunez can't headline a pay-per-view on her own for the title. We we really need Cyril Gunn and Derek Lewis. Like they selling tickets. Is that is that what we're doing? Again, is that what we're doing here? We couldn't wait another month for Ngannou to defend his title. In all fairness, he deserves that, right? Like he at least yeah. has earned that. There's so many other fighters say, "Oh, I'm not ready," or they get hurt. And Ngannou waited all this time to get his title shot. Destroyed Steve Miocic, and he's asking for another month. It's not like he's asking for mm-hmm. another year. Cyril Ghana and Derek Lewis, again, a great fight, but why does it have to be for a title? And if it usurps, if it usurps uh, Nunez and Pena for the title, that's even more ridiculous. I don't think, let's be honest, you could put three or four title fights on a card, right? But, you know, most people buy pay-per-views for the main event. Or the, and the diehards buy just because it's, it doesn't matter who's fighting. Right. Putting an interim title on your poster doesn't make me sit there and go, ooh, I need to spend $75 or whatever the hell it is to buy a pay-per-view because I want to see Derek Lewis and Cyril Gaon fight for the title? Cut it out. It's ridiculous. Disrespectful. It wasn't ticket sales. They, you know UFC ain't going to have problems selling tickets in Houston. They're going to fill up at Toyota. They're yeah. not ticket sales. Yeah, it's cool to have Derek Lewis fight in Houston. That's cool. But they, they, they sold the tickets already. They didn't need it to sell tickets. Yeah. This is what happens when they sell the tickets out before – they announced the fights. Like, remember when they did that in the London card that that was headlined by Jimmy Manu and Corey Anderson and people were up in arms over that being the main event, but the tickets were already sold. And the UFC's like, well, you already bought them. Sorry about it. But uh, it's going to be longer before we see John Jones, Francis Gano, Andreas. That was pretty much a layup that, to book that fight at some point. And now it seems even longer. It's going to take even longer. What, again, what is, what are we against here? <laughs> like, what do we, I, Help me understand this, guys. John Jones, Francis Ngannou, that's probably one of the biggest fights. The, big, the biggest non-Conor McGregor fight they can make right now. And, and you know, if either guy is asking for money, it's not like you don't have it. Come on. It's not like you don't have it. You're underpaying these guys to begin with. Don't get me started on this. These guys get paid <laughs> too little to fight, right? And now it's like you're asking the pound-for-pound best fighter and arguably the best fighter in the history of the sport to move up in weight class to fight perhaps the Mike Tyson of the heavyweight division Mm -hmm. and what is a blockbuster could potentially just be a one fight show where you could pay everybody else a 20 and 20 and nobody cares (laughs) because you're paying for the main event. Pay these men, pay these men what they're getting. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are fighting for a third time and they're getting paid, paid. John Jones is asking for what I think he deserves. And you know, for Dana Mm -hmm. say he doesn't sell tickets, this fights sells tickets, sells pay-per-views. Mainstream wants to see that fight. Come on. Yeah, you, you slap those two in, put the heavyweight title on the line. I feel like it's a no-brainer that that fight happens in Madison Square Garden. Heavyweight champion of the world in MSG with the history of that arena with the heavyweight title. That's not a layup, as I said. That's lowering the basket and just placing it in. And, but real quick, back to Amanda Nunes. Everyone kept saying, well, they need a championship fight. There was already a championship fight in this card. We had the Lady Goat on this card. It's like, and, it, and that's, and, and you, well, she doesn't sell. She doesn't sell. You know, it's like, that is on you, UFC. You cannot sell the one that was arguably the greatest 
female fighter ever to ever to be definitely ever to be in MMA in the UFC. One of the most violent fighters, and she's going across. She's she's facing Julia Pena, and yeah, you can you can argue the, if it's going to be competitive or whatnot. But Julia Pena can sell a fight. She can do yeah. that, and that's what Amanda Nunes needs because Amanda Nunes she's she's just not a natural. You know, she doesn't drop promos, but Julia Pena can. And like, this was a great opportunity for Amanda Nunes to have like a rival, and then she can showcase on on fight night. And it just sucks for Amanda Nunes. Um, and it, all the spotlight would have been on her. Now coming into that fight week, all we're gonna be talking about was like, this is a stupid interim title fight, and we're not yeah. gonna be talking about Amanda freaking Nunes. That's, yeah. that's you know you know it's, it's really frustrating because she's arguably one of the most disrespected champions that we've seen yeah. right she's had to be you know second billing so many so many times when the ronda rousey fight happened she wasn't even in, in the damn promo she's a mm. layup in terms of marketing is concerned like if you want to reach the lgbtq community you could have used her years ago uh she's violent she destroys people what else and then she's a she's genuinely a nice person like yeah. this you the, the the paradox of her being uh, obliterating people and just being genuinely nice, having this baby like there's so many things to sell here, and yet we continue to see her get disrespected. I don't understand it, but it it speaks to the fact that I've always said this: the UFC doesn't necessarily know how to market people of color. I just think they have a really hard time selling their stories because they don't necessarily understand it. It's easier to sell Sage Northcut, Paige Van Zant. It's easier to sell, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey. Amanda Nunez, they were like, oh, we don't know what to do with her. It's easy. It's it is easy. the last day of Pride Month. And I don't think I saw anything really the UFC push Amanda Nunez, who's an openly gay fighter. She's done no, no, um, no gay charity events in the past or anything, but UFC did nothing to highlight that, to use, to use Gay Pride Month to promote her fight in the month. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, the level of disrespect. The level of disrespect through the roof. What, what did you guys think of uh, Francis's manager or agent, whatever term you want to use? Uh, him and Dana's little uh, Instagram spat, where uh, Dana responded to ESPN's graphic of Francis's team's statement, saying they're shocked and they hope for more clarity. This and that. Dana said, "You had clarity. You knew this was happening. This and that." And then Francis's agent came and put this long piece out and said, "We will air everything out. I have no problem being blackballed by you, Andreas. What did you? What in a? For, in a? You cover multiple sports with multiple agents. And everything. We don't really see." agents and managers like this in MMA. So what did you make of uh, th those two's Instagram spat? Oh, Casey just did it. It was the chef's kiss, man. Please, <laughs> please do it. Because things need to be exposed, man. They're, you know, you're going to blackball somebody, blackball them, whatever. Because the public eventually get fed up with this kind of nonsense. And if, if Ngannou's agent or manager, whatever, he says he's got this information and this is all nonsense, put it out there. Please put it out there. Because, you, you know... You can't keep doing this to fighters. You can't keep selling wolf tickets to the fans as well. Like, Danny tries to control the narrative, and I understand that, as, you know, as the man of the company, he has a perspective, but you're not always right either, dude. You're not. You're not, and somebody's got to speak up. Too many fighters, too many managers, too many people are scared to speak up. Please expose it. I'd love to see it. Make it happen. Let me see those receipts, Dana. Where are those receipts, Dana? You knew what was happening. Let me see those receipts. But, That's all. But, guys, but guys, didn't you hear in the UFC – they're all about making the best fight the best, and that's all they care about. <laughs> For those of you just listening, you can hear the eye rolls from Casey and Andreas right there. 
Dude, I'm there. There needs to be like prop bets on you know whatever betting sites for when Dana will say Francis Ngannou doesn't want to fight. Oh yeah, I'm waiting for there's that. Multiple, what, there's what, what, multiple. There's multiple ways the to turn Dana down. ones. What were the go-to Dana lines when? There's yeah. multiple ways to turn down a fight, and asking for money is just one of them. Yeah, that's the that's asking the thing to get online. paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, asking to pay what you're worth is the reason is to turn down the fight. Come on, again, why why do we keep doing this? Why do and why do it, people we're in a loop? I feel like we're in a loop. Yeah. Also, why was like Francis Ngannou just got back to the country? Where was he? He was doing a victory parade in his home country, like that, right? And like they it was all over everything. That was one of the coolest scenes. Like Kamaru just did it. Israel Adesanya just did that, and now that you're penalizing him for that. Their champion is promoting. The UFC brands all over yeah. the freaking world, and then yeah. you go, "Hey, uh, fight now!" <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like they're promoting the brand. They're promoting UFC. These they're promoting those three letters, that belt, that what it's worth in the continent of Africa. That's amazing. The UFC, and that's that's Ngano doing it on his own. It's just like, and you and. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask this question though: What does the interim title really mean? Let, Let's it's get down to the meat. Glorified number one contender that gets a shiny belt. And is why it, do they need a belt? What does it mean? Usually there's a champion who's completely inactive, injured, injured. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least, you know, a year of inactivity. Yeah. It's three months. What is this belt? This is a fake yeah. belt. Remember if, if you're a pro wrestling fan and, you know, CM Punk won the title and ran yeah. off against Alberto, you know, when Alberto Del Rio tried to cash in and then John Cena Money beat Rey Mysterio. Yeah. yeah, held up the title and CM Punk came back and fans were like, oh, that's the real champion right there. Mm-hmm. CM Punk was barely gone as long as Francis and Ngannou. That's scripted pro damn wrestling. CM crazy. Punk was gone like was gone like 24 hours or something like that. Wasn't it like the gone, day? He, no, it was like four weeks. Right? Yeah, it was it's something weird. This man was like, yeah, let's have a, uh, you know, have a new champion. Then Punk came back. But he, like, literally ran out of the company. That was the storyline. And God who hasn't done anything but promote the company. And this interim title fight belt isn't a, isn't a glorified number one contender. Because we know damn well, Gon Lewis, whatever goes down, goes down. But then John Jones goes, okay, I'll fight Nagano for 50 bucks or whatever. You know, he's in front of the line. You know, so this, it's not, it's, 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 even, yeah, even. In a, in a perfect world, John Jones is fighting Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis is fighting Cyril Gaon in the co-main event for the number one contender. And, and isn't Stipe ahead of both Gaon and Derek Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when we were in, <laughs> when we were in Houston, I asked Dana White for an update on the Derek Lewis Francis fight and goes, that's the fight. Winner will fight Stipe. John Jones is going to wait. That was what he said a month ago. And now that's just out the window. So yeah, that means Colby Covington is not fighting Kamar Usman for people keeping track because Dana White said that just as much as he said Derek Lewis, Francis, and Gano. So that fight is clearly not happening. Wait, wasn't Colby? Uh, wasn't he? Wait, uh, refresh me on the history. He was also an interim champion who didn't get the fight for the belt. I mean, with the, with not. his interim belt, right? When he fought, there when he fought no, Kamaru, he wasn't interim champ, right? There was no title unification yeah. fight. No. Shocking. Wait, so are the are, so the, the last two interim belts were those Tony and Tony? Am I missing Tony and um, Colby, or was there was there one in between? Well, Poirier was the interim champion. Yeah, Poirier got uh, the unification. Okay, Poirier. Okay, so Poirier. So he he actually is an interim that yeah. actually was number one contender. 
Okay. Well, there was one in between. All right. And I think that one was justified, right? The Poirier one, because Habib had been out for for a bit. Or he was going to be out for a bit. Um, yeah. I mean, and and most times, and I mean, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm not against interim belts, and they're justified. Um, Bellator just had they 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 really that one is interim belts, yeah. and that was very justified because of the tournament. And because mm-hmm. not not something that's not injury. Sometimes it's just you know if you have a that, that's the issues when you have a fighter in two weight classes. Sometimes they can get yeah. tied up in one weight class. So that one made sense for Bellator, and no one had an issue with that. Um, this one clearly doesn't fit that. <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess. Oh my God, we're gonna be talking about this so much. We in this. God yep. dang it, this is. <laughs> right. It's frustrating. Yeah, it, it's frustrating. If you're a fan, you should be frustrated. You know, us as media, we're frustrated because we all want to. I mean, no disrespect. I love Derek Lewis. I think he's a great guy, and Cyril Gane is a great, seems like an excellent fighter, and I love awesome to see guy, that yeah. fight. I just don't. Just stop disrespecting the champ. That's all. Stop disrespecting your champions. You cheapen your champions by doing things like this. You cheapen your own belt. The UFC cheapens it. Like they're they're, they're, they're very you know cut off the nose, bite the face. You know all that stuff. Yeah. <sighs> I I want one last thing on this, Andreas. Yes. I want because because you're in the boxing world. What is and we're talking about solely the fights, not the business behind it or anything like this. More. What were you more disappointed over losing the Francis John Jones fight? That was a, that was a layup or. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, unification for all the belts. John Jones, uh, Francis Francis. The reason why is because, I mean, we kind of knew that Tyson Fury was going to be stuck with Deontay Wilder. And we kind of also know that the winner of that fight, well, if Tyson Fury wins, more than likely the Joshua Fury fight will still happen. We have no idea if Ngannou and John Jones will ever happen at this rate. Like, it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. Like, John's inactivity will become an excuse because he's been inactive for so long. That's a good point. That is a very good point. Joshua's fighting. Is Joshua fighting Usyk? Is that happening? It seems like it's September 25th. It seems like that, that fight is happening. So it's like the, they tough. still it's line up. It's a tough fight, up. too. Yeah, yeah it's still tough. Still Those are both like, yeah, 100%. It's only months apart. A month, yeah, yeah but, uh, month know, and a half apart. John's the best in the world. Arguably ever in the history of a sport. I, if I he wins the heavyweight title, there's no, I don't think there's an argument. He would be the best. I think he would be, especially if he's Francis. I think it'd be he would he would surpass GSP in my mind. Yeah, I agree agree with that. Whatever. Yeah, he's up there. That's all. Yeah, it's all subjective. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was. We've been, I, we've been I, I, I was just thinking about that 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 um, Wilder um, three hundred pound bench press video. Sorry. Uh, great form, right? Did you see his coach? Have you been? Do you follow his coach? Sorry, Wilder's new coach on Instagram, Casey. He posts the weirdest stuff. I, well, I mean, I was at the press conference, and he was a weird dude. So. No, no, his it's another level. Like, oh, did you oh. see that video of like his lady painted a picture of him, Andres? Or that video of his lady p- painted a picture of him, Andres? Yeah. Yes, man. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, "Yeah, this makes sense for a heavyweight champion to, to have this guy as a trainer." Whatever. Listen, I still, I'm still excited for that fight. I'm excited for it too. If Deontay Wilder wins that fight, it's going to be ridiculous because sure. everything that's gone on between the suit being too heavy, the accusations of you know cheating and loaded gloves, to his own trainer you know, spiking his water or throwing in the towel and being paid off. If he wins the third fight after all this nonsense, and then he's going to tell everybody to shut up, it'll be one of the, it'll, it'll break the internet. If he blows Tyson sure. Fury out, it'll break the internet. 
I really I wanted Tyson Fury. I really wanted because Tyson Fury is obviously the biggest troll in the heavyweight division. I really wanted Literally. him to come out wearing the <laughs> like I wanted him to come out wearing the same suit that Wilder wore at the press conference and just start shadow boxing on stage. I thought that would have been hilarious. Like when he came out in the Batman outfit against uh, Klitschko. <laughs> he shadow boxes and gasses out like 10 seconds in. Like, yeah. man, this is, you're right. Like, oh, you're, you're right. This is heavy. Man, I don't know how he did that. Anyway. Very impressive. Uh, Heavyweight tomfoolery. All right. It's, <laughs> some other ridicu- ridiculousness. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So brainstorm got too big summarize with ai in a click writer's block release with canva magic right stress less and save time at canva.com designed for work this episode is brought to you by hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. After last night's tough, is there any argument that tough should stick around around as opposed to container series, which would add two to three seasons a year? Uh, yeah, I think Casey's answered this a lot. He doesn't want tough to exist in general, but Andreas, what are your thoughts on the tough contender series debate? Tough should die. <laughs> tough needs to go away. Like, it did listen. die. It came back. It's a zombie. Yeah, I, it's, it's <laughs> Not only right? that, if, if, if you go to the UFC Apex, there's like a timeline of they tough. It literally day. says 2005 to 2018. Like it had its own gravestone, and then they brought it back. And why? It's not like they even brought it back with a new format. It's no. the same, like I'm away from home. I got kids. Cry, cry, cry. Uh, I got to fight for my family. Cry, cry, cry. You know, uh let me scratch there's, bro. They're still wearing the neon colored basketball jerseys as uniforms. It's been like that since season one. And it's not it's like so there's cool. heat. There were heat between these coaches going in. No, there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing interesting about this show whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's these narratives don't even get me. You know, I'm like, I don't want to watch. Just fight. That's it. Just fight. I don't need these ridiculous stories. I don't need these guys in the house. Just fight. Just fight. It's like, it's like, what, he, it doesn't even count. He's a good fighter, but is he a good roommate? That's why I need to know. I was like, I don't. There you go. Yeah. I, I Who's just, the I last? House, listen, if I want to watch housemates fight, I'll just watch the Real Housewives of Atlanta yeah. or Love and Hip Hop. We go. have, we already have those shows. We don't need, we don't need a crappier version of it. And I feel bad because, like, when I say this, I'm never shit talking the actual fighters on the show. I, I want, I, right. I, I know, like, I know, I know a couple of them. It's like, I, I understand the opportunity they're going for, but. This is all ridiculous. If if they if they want to do some reality show, do the contender series, like which is kind of reality show of their whole, you know, you're you got a contract, you get a contract, but no, but they're still just focused on the fights. Just I don't get it. It's a waste of time. I even I even still think the contender series could take breaks, a longer breaks between seasons, because from what I've heard, they're kind of tapping the market really hard and they're running out of fighters. And now you're getting these fighters coming in with like two and oh, three and oh records. 
Um, oh, well, it's regardless. a scam. It's a scam, too, you know, as far as contracts and stuff. Right. But I don't anyway, know who's the, off, top, off the top of your head, who is the last really high-level tough winner that is, like, still doing damage in the UFC? Oh, my God. Oh, um, I think there's there's clearly one answer. But oh, I mean, there's I mean, there's a well, lot. Listen, I mean, two, two, two. I mean, yep. Like for Usman? the very recent recent season, Usman is the Usman well, one. He's well, obviously champion well, since Usman, then. Rose, Rose, um, no, Carla. I mean, no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about like the season crowning a champion. I'm talking about like they won the Ultimate Fighter and then they had to like fight their way up. I'm not talking about like Nico and Rose. And uh, I'm talking about win. winners. Okay, I know. Um, I'm talking know, about yeah, winners. Um, yeah, because yeah, like come on. Kamaru, and then the next season is Ryan Hall. Obviously, he's kind of inactive right now. And then Tatiana won the year after that. She's obviously, I think a lot of people consider her one of the uncrowned champions. But after that, you got like Brad Katona. Juan, is, Juan Espino is still good. Macy Chazen is still good. But like, I don't know if they're winning titles anytime soon. Tim Elliott, but, Jesse Taylors. Brad Katona's not even in the UFC anymore. You know, you know who's doing well off, to, off, off, off their tough stint? It's freaking let me bang guy. Uh, Julian, Julian, Julian Lane. Lane. Julian Lane. Yeah, he's, he's doing great in bare yes. he, he got a, he, he got a victory. I watched his fight. Like he's yeah. a, he's crazy, but he's he comes out. He has this let me bang still. Um, you know, uh, and he has on one. His, on his he sports. has one knockout win in the history of his combat career. Yeah, it's called let me bang, not let me knock you out. It's just he's always banging though. He's banging, banging, banging. The guy bangs. It's not a lie. Mm. Not a fan. Juliana Payne is, could obviously win the title. Corey Anderson could still win the Bellator title. He won. Uh, but Eddie Gordon also Ryan won. Bader. Wasn't Ryan Bader tough? Yes. Yeah, won. Ryan Bader. Double champ. Beat Vinny, Vinny Magalhaes. That was the gross uh, – that was like the last season I actually watched, and that was like the gross prank season. They were like peeing in each other's drinks and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MMA. This is literally just titled MMA. Does PFL's league system produce more entertaining fights? Lately, there's been a lot of great finishes, and the fights that go to decisions are crazy good too. Biggest fight, easiest paycheck. Is that why everyone from 125 to 145 volunteered to fight Sugar Sean on 10 days' notice? I think these are two separate questions. Yeah, but, okay. I was, uh, like, I was confused. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Andreas, Andreas, do you like PFL's league system? It's cool. Um, it's a different wrinkle. You know, it, it, it's intriguing, but 90% of the time I'm watching, I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, yeah. wait, oh, you need a first round finish? Oh, well, well what if I just run around, you know, and, and run the timeout? Like, but it's still intriguing. It gives, you know, it's like, um, it's like the big three, right? You know, it's like there's the NBA and there's mm-hmm. the big three. Like, we got a different set of rules. So it, it's fine. I mean, they do have good fights. You can't front. Like, you know, when you watch PFL, yeah. it is entertaining. It's, it's, the, the, the system is uh, – it can be sketchy, especially if you try to explain it to somebody who never watches MMA. It's like, hey, you should watch this. And it's like, well, what does this mean? It's like, hell, I don't know. Just keep watching. <laughs> I feel like half the broadcast is them continually explain, you know, what the point system is. Like half the yeah, broadcast yeah, yeah. is that. It does, I think, make wins and losses feel a lot bigger. Like if you lose, if like when Anthony Pettis was fighting his last fight, he's like, if he loses, he misses the playoffs. I was like, oh shit, that's right. He has to win. So, I guess it makes wins and losses mean a little what bit more. I- but go ahead, Casey. I know. Oh, you, I, know I think I know like- what you're gonna ask. <laughs> I was like, what is? It? I don't know. I just the playoffs. I don't know. It's just and then I don't. Under- I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, are there only? I didn't know. Are there only two fights to get into the playoffs? Is that right? Points. So I think points. it's but, but you, you only fight two get, times, right? Then I can never get an explanation like of that. 
Because I thought it was like a round like robin where you have to kind of, kind of like in World Cup where you, you reach everyone. And then I think if if it was like that, the season would would last more than a year. I think that's like that's what it should be. But so I think they're just time. So I think it's like two fights. If you get two first round finishes, you're just automatically in the playoffs. But you but there's more than two fighter. But there's. But you, so you don't. It's not a round robin. You don't face everyone in your bracket, right? You just. I I, do, I don't believe so. But we, you would have to ask our own AK Lee. He's the PFL whisperer on our site. See, that's all, that's what I wanted you to ask because there's I, no clear I, I answer. Know. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, biggest fight, easy paycheck. Is everyone calling out Sugar Sean? Uh, Andreas, if you could pick, who should fight Sugar Sean on ten days' notice? I'd like to see the Marlon Vera fight. Um, the rematch, yeah, yeah. This one. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, I just want to see him fight. Yeah, I think uh, everyone. I think off the top of my head, Marab, Ray Borg, uh, Tim Elliott, and uh, Ricky Simone called him out, and I believe Sugar Sean responded to Ricky Simone. So that I bet that's probably the path they'll take. I don't think there's any chance they give him Marab right now. Because uh, no. he seems like a he seems like a mo- he's going to be a monster in that division. And then Ray Borg is obviously a 125er out of the UFC right now. Tim Elliott's a 125er who also lost his uh, opponent. So I'm thinking it's going to be Ricky Simone, which is still a good fight. I like that fight. Does O'Malley want to stay on the card? Is that the plan? Yeah, I think okay. so. He was the okay. opener for the pay per view card for the Connor card, which is like the prime spot for pay per view. Yeah, and the UFC wants to keep him in that spot too. So. Uh, the easy, interesting thing about this question is easiest paycheck. First of all, how big is that paycheck going to really be? Yeah. Second yeah. of all, is it easy? Sure, Sean is very good fighter. Yes, he could be a douche, but carrying babies in interviews. But come on, man, this kid's got hands. Carrying, ba- carrying babies, talking about doing heroin, uh, talking about uh, his okay. his fellow fighters. Yeah, it's not a great look, but he's still an incredibly high level martial artist. It's 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 a for a short short for a short notice fight, it's a low risk, high reward type fight. That's what it is, you know. Oh yeah. Sugar Sean, even though he's not is he even ranked if he is he technically ranked top fifteen? I think he's just outside the top yeah, so fifteen. So yeah. for he would for be like un- sixteen. I would argue he is the most he is the most valuable non ranked fighter you can face in the UFC right now. Am I missing someone? You know what no, I'm trying to say? Not. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, John Jones isn't ranked. Well, for real, it's, it's, he's ranked. It's, let's be serious. <laughs> Nick, D- Nick Diaz isn't ranked either. Well, yes, he's yes, not? you're right, Casey. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say he's not. Yeah, for a guy, hmm. for a guy that's never been, for a guy that's never, how about this, has never been in the top 15, you know, or even been a title he contender. Was, he, he was, uh, I think, when he fought Marlon, he was 15. That's the highest he, was. he got. He was. Yeah. Then he got Not on my out. rankings. Yep. Not on my rankings. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, so who should face him? I don't know. Anyone? I don't care. Ricky. So- Ricky Simone. He's facing Louis Smoka for some freaking reason. So I don't think no. it really matters who he faces. No. Like that. That fight made zero. Like I mean, cool. No. Louis, good for you, Louis Smoka. But um, how's Louis Smoka doing? Is he okay? Did anyone check on him? Is he doing all right? <laughs> Is he just injured? I mean, we have no idea. He got. He got hurt. That's all I know. Someone should check on him. I don't know. You anyway. can't fight. You can't fight Sugar Sean unless you, you know check on Ricky Smo- uh, Ricky Smoka, <laughs> Louis Smoka first. All right. Oh, more PFL. <laughs> Muff Daddy, Mister Weezy's box. Where's Anthony Pettis go from here? And using the benefit of hindsight, how much of a mistake was he going to PFL? 
When he left the USC, Bellator seemed like a much better place for him, knowing that he could have fought guys like MVP, Patricky Pitbull, Douglas Lima, or Paul Daly. It just seems like his star power took a big hit going 0-2 in PFL. Also, fun fact, him and Kamar Usman are the only two fighters with multiple wins over a top six ranked UFC welterweights. Who, who's the other guy? That he, I know he knocked out Wonderboy. Who's the other guy? Beat. Ooh, I, I want to I I figure this out without looking at topology. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. I can't think of the other one. It's just Wonderboy. That's the only one I can oh, think of. Oh, I could. It's, yeah, it's an, it's an, it's obvious. But both fights were at uh, what the the first time they fought was a lightweight. Uh, who is it? It's Kiesa. He tapped Kiesa uh, two twenty six. Oh yes, wow. top, oh, I, 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 I didn't think Kiesa was top six, so that, that kind of yeah. Surprised. He's number yeah. he uh, him beating Neil Magny catapulted him into the top six, and then of course he knocked out. So he has stoppage wins over uh, Stephen Thompson and Michael Kiesa. Anthony Pettis is getting into that Michael Johnson area in, in the sense that he has incredible victories and like what you lost to them. Type of guy, listen, you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Listen to this. Listen to this stretch. Like, people always say who has the, the hardest, like, the toughest schedule, like, record-wise in the UFC. I will look to Anthony Pettis's like, resume at one point in a row. These are these are who we fought in a row. Cowboy Cerrone, Benson Henderson, Gilbert Melendez, Prime RDA, Prime Eddie Alvarez, Edson Barbosa, Charles Oliveira, Max Holloway, Jim Miller, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chiesa, Tony Ferguson, Stephen Thompson, Nate Diaz. That is from the years 2013 to 2019. There is no easy fight. And at one point, all those all of those fighters were at one point top five, if not top three fighters in the division. And so yeah, Anthony at the beginning of that list, those are prime prime versions of those fighters. It's very important to know too. Like, yeah. Correct. Mark, and a lot of them are stopping, like Charles Oliveira and Gilbert Melendez are incredibly high-level black belts, and Anthony Pettis submitted both of them. Yo, that's a murderous role. Like, if this was college football on a strength of schedule, that is the. Those are arguably, outside of Habib and BJ, like the 10 greatest lightweights ever. His resume. He obviously didn't fight Habib and obviously never fought, like, prime BJ Penn, but, like, Gilbert, Benson, and Cowboy and RDA in a row – and even you could throw Joe Lowe's on in there, like before he kicked it off. Like that's rough. And that he, is a he, rough he, stretch of fights. That, that, when he, he lost to Eddie, right? That was, but that was really close, right? Yeah. It was Eddie wrestled. Uh, yeah, that was just like that was just like I'm gonna shove you into the fence for. Yeah, that was it. that yeah. was Eddie going. Yeah. I gotta get that W. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but still, but but still, it was a very competitive fight. But regardless, yeah, I know he lost the fight, but is Pettis better at 170? I, I think this. <sighs> okay. All right. So here, here it is. One, where does Anthony Pettis go from here? Um, home. Because he's got to figure this out. I'm, I'm being serious. Because mm-hmm. fighters who rely surely on a, their athleticism, there comes a point in your career where your brain tells you that you can still do the things that you used to do, but your body says no. And you have to figure it out. And I use Roy Jones as a perfect example in mm-hmm. boxing. That's Roy Jones was built just off of his athleticism and reflexes, broke every rule in the book when it came to fighting. Once he slowed down a nanosecond, it was over. And he had to adjust. He didn't. And that was pretty much the end of his career. And he kept fighting. Sometimes he was still more athletic than some fighters, and he beat them. But for the most part, the fundamentals weren't there. He didn't figure himself out. He was done. Floyd Mayweather, on the other hand, when he was pretty boy, Floyd was obliterating everybody until he started hurting his hands. And he started to change his style based on his, his hands injury history 
and what he knew he could do. Anthony Pettis needs to reinvent himself. He still goes out there and tries to do the things that he can't any longer do. There's no more Showtime kicking Anthony Pettis. He probably fall off the cage now. And that's no disrespect to Pettis. It's saying that you're getting older. You have to figure out what you can and can't do now. And that's why I say he needs to go home. Is it over? I don't know. But mentally, he has to understand that my body's not going to cooperate like it used to. I need to reinvent myself. And he has not done that yet. So he needs to take some time off to figure it out. Otherwise, he's going to end up like Roy Jones with just a, a huge losing streak. And then people will say he's washed up, even though you just explained he's fought the murderous row of fighters. And at one time was on the damn Wheaties box. The only UFC fighter on the Wheaties box still. Have there, been, have there been any other combat sports athletes? On, like was like Marvin Hagler on a Wheaties box or anything? I don't know, but I'm just I'm definitely the only MMA fighter who's been on one. Yeah, he's. I would MMA imagine. They I would like imagine. Yeah, I was gonna say Muhammad Ali's probably. But yeah, Muhammad Ali's been on a few times. Uh, I think they even came out with one when he passed away. He might, he might have had like a commemorative, commemorative one. He's been on it a few times. Um, I'm sure there's been Olympians in the past, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, I like the Roy Jones comparison. Anthony Pettis also started a, like his own business, like his own agency. So maybe he's being pulled in a thousand different directions when he's not fighting. Uh, Clarissa Shields, was she ever on the Wheaties box? I just Googled it and there's like a photo of it, but I don't know if it's real or not. Sure. I don't recall. She should have been two-time Olympic gold medalist. Like she yeah, should have been. She really should have. But- yeah. It's a fan made one. I think someone complained about her not being on it and then made their own. But back, uh, back to this question, um, I would love Anthony Pettis and Bellator and into and, and that and in that mm-hmm. um, welterweight division. That's just exciting fights. That's all. That's just uh, yeah. Pettis versus. Well, talk about give, giving Pettis like murderous rows. Like, oh, Pettis versus Douglas Lima. Let's do that. Jeez, that's not fun either. Yeah, but, you know, but Pettis Paul Daly. Like, hell yeah, I want to see that. These are fights that yeah. we got. You know, just I want to see. Just I don't. I don't. I don't fault him for going to PFL. Yeah, like, I understand sense. I get the mentality. It, you know, but, you know, but uh, yeah, as a out. fan, you, you want to see him in Bellator. As a fan, you looked at that lineup of welterweights, you're like, shit, he can fight there. And I'd love to watch every single one of those fights. He could headline, whatever. Now it's like, you know, you lose to Clay Collard. And it's like, all right, dude, um, what? <laughs> like, now what? Hey, Clay, hey, hey, dude. I'm sensing some Clay Collard disrespect here. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Once upon a time... That would have been preposterous to think that Clay Collar could beat Anthony Pettis. Now it's like Anthony Pettis has come down to earth. So, and Clay Collar's a part-time boxer who had an amazing run yeah. in the bubble in top rank. <laughs> I really think um, kind of that the factor no one's really talking about because you don't really. It's hard to. It's hard to um, kind of. Um, talk. Um, uh, what's the word? I'm sorry. Um, but the the bubble um, PFL has got a really strict bubble. And I've heard a yeah. lot of complaints. I mean, it's it's just how it is. But like like the UFC essentially has no bubble, you know. So fighters kind of come and go. And you no, know, and a lot of fighters have, have been dropping out, especially in the past with uh, UFC. But PFL has been very strict. It's like a two or three week bubble. I heard it just sucks. So um, I heard Pettis kind of like another fighter saying it really just mentally drained them and just made it very difficult to fight. And they they a lot of them felt they didn't fight their best. But they all went. They all had to go through the same circumstances. So it wasn't like they had. He had an unfair advantage over someone else, but um, it'll be interesting seeing Pettis kind of back in this kind of non-pandemic version of Pettis where he can just kind of train regular of his coaches, kind of maybe just be more mentally there. And um, yeah, but the PFL thing just didn't work out for him. To answer your guys' questions, uh, Muhammad Ali has been on the Wheaties box twice 
in 99 and 2012. Max Bear was on it. Who's Jack Max Dempsey Who's and Max Ken Bear? Norton. Is that, is that a boxer? Are those all boxers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're all boxers. Okay. That's what I said. They're all boxers. Max Bear fought in like the 40s. Oh, okay. Like That's he was, an awesome he was, name. and then obviously, obviously it's B, it's B A E R. Um, and then obviously Jack Dempsey and Ken Norton, you guys know. Wow. Stone really Cold's even been on the, the no. Stone Cold Steve Austin's also been on the Wii's box. He's the only professional wrestler. Well, he deserves There you go. Tristan <laughs> Tristan Gordet, Jeremy Stevens explanation to MA fighting. You buying Jeremy Stevens justification why he pushed your car close during the fighter face off in April for UFC Vegas twenty four. Interview with MMA junkie Stevens felt your car got too close for comfort, which he did not like, saying that he came up to his came up he came up with his hands behind his back, putting himself nose to nose with him. He felt broke conduct first. According to Stevens, he felt that he didn't cause the concussion with his hard push that day and felt that Close wasn't ready. Uh, citing other interviews where Close was switching camps and dealing with injuries, Stevens felt like it was uh, was BS and just a bunch of excuses. So uh, Casey and I had talked about this when it first happened, but Andres, just quick thoughts on the Jeremy Stevens, Dracar Close situation. <sighs> Man. <laughs> These stare downs, these guys getting close to each other and using it as an excuse to push somebody. But it, it does get kind of uh, out of control. And I can understand the invasion of personal space, but you got to do something about it then, right? Um, I don't know if this was Jakar close looking for a bailout. No. I, it, it, you know, but it sounds like it, right? You know, it's like there was a lot of things going on in his camp. Am I buying Steven's excuse for pushing him? Yeah, actually, I am. I understand why he did it. How many people get pushed in these, you know, weigh-ins anyway? Lots, right? Whose fault is that? Whose fault? Whose fault is it? Apparently, it's Sean Shelby's, Sean Shelby's fault. fault. That Blame, day. Dana blames Sean Shelby. Mm, mm. And how many how many shoves have there been when Dana White's there? Lots, right? That's six. More than Sean Shelby's. Yeah. Like yeah, once and, a show. How many how many UFC cards have there been? I'm gonna say like once a show. Yeah. And, and you know. Uh, Sean Shelby is a uh, what 130 pounds, and Dana White's like yeah. the big dude. Like, it's 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 stupid. Um, but I understand what Jeremy Stevens is saying about personal space. Like, somebody gets in my I face don't. like that, I'm pushing him. No. I, look, I get it. I don't agree with it. I think you should conduct yourself better. I think you shouldn't push fighters, especially the day before a fight. I don't think you should. But his his explanation. You know what? I have to think about this for a second. What do they call these? Other- what is it, what is this called? It's called a face off. It's called a face off. I guess the question like, becomes What are you doing? Pick and what face. is and what is Jeremy Stevens' nickname? Lil Heathen. Lil Heathen. There you go. Living up he to his nickname. Out, he, he came out to real motherfucking G's. Like he's a gangster. Yes, he did. So, you know, I have to, I have to look through the history of Jeremy Stevens' face offs to see how close he Oh no, it's it is it is always like that i remember when hannon burrell got off the scale and he was literally adjusting his pants like tying his like uh like his sweatpants oh, and looking right. and he was looking down and he did he didn't even see jeremy stevens and jeremy stevens shoved him away because hannon burrell right. wasn't paying attention and jeremy and even I mean, hannon burrell was like what the hell was that like it caught him off guard jeremy stevens always gets aggressive yeah. always always always, I, gets always. Aggressive. I recant my statement i recant my statement because now i remember these things okay yes the hannon burrell thing yes but i still it's not justifiable. No, I mean you just can't. You can't justify. You can't it. Like I get what he's trying like to say. That. Like he shoved the hell out of him. Too. Yeah, yeah, he did. A double shove right here in the shoulders when you're flat-footed and your hands are basically behind your back. 
that's going to F you up, especially a freshly dehydrated drug car clothes. This isn't like hours later when they're rehydrated and like they're ready and they're kind of in bite position. Then you get a shove. It was just like, you know, and like, and like, dude, your car clothes may not be everyone's favorite fighter, but he's still a tough MFer. Still, he was like a borderline top 15 lightweight. And all of a sudden people are like, he's a wimp. It's like, no, like he's a that's human, just he's a human that's being. Just that's yeah. just MMA fans being MMA fans because yeah. he also went yeah. to the PI and got tested and he was messed up. <laughs> like really that's why up. they. He, can't, he still can't fight. I mean, that, that's crazy that he still can't fight because it was show. like a whiplash. It was a whiplash effect. Whiplash, yeah, and gave, it basically gave him concussion. I'm, Who's paying for that? That's a bit. <laughs> yeah. Again, like we talked about this a ton when it happened, yeah. so it was like the story of the week. I feel bad like if you slip and fall, if, if if you come to my house and you slip and fall, right, and you crack your head open, you sue my insurance, right? And then my insurance is take care of your doctor bills. It's it's my house. That's yeah, the UFC yeah. stage and scale, right? Like where these in their happen. building, in their, in their building. billion dollar building. Okay, just checking. Yeah, but it's Sean Shelby's fault. Remember, Sean Shelby. Oops, oops. From sorry. Fayaz Rafiq, apologize if I mispronounce the name. What's next for Ron? Who's next for Ronda Rousey? <laughs> Any promotion? Valentina and the GOAT are great champions, but pay for you buys and mainstream popularity just aren't there. No disrespect. That is disrespect. Uh, I mean, I she just question. had a, she's ha- about to have a baby. So what's next for her is ha- being no, no, a mom. Who's the, no, no, no. Who's, who's the next Ronda Rousey? Oh, who's the next? Who's the next Ronda Rousey? Um, I don't know. Ronda Rousey's Ronda Why Rousey. Why do you? Yeah. That's she. She's she's a one of a kind. The, for all her faults yeah. or whatever, she's still one of a kind. And uh, I, I, I'm still bummed she's not part of the sport. Me too. Me too. She was lightning in a bottle. You can't emulate that. Yeah. What she came no. and did for the sport, like people disrespect Ronda all the time, but she was washing people. Yes, the game yeah. evolved. That's what happened. You know, when yeah. Gracie fought Matt Hughes, the game evolves and it moves on. But at that point, she was the baddest on the planet. Absolutely. Yes, we made dumb comparisons. People said, oh, she should fight Floyd Mayweather. It's a bunch of dumb stuff. That's yes, it. but you can't take away from what she did. and But you can't emulate that either. There will never be another Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. right? Mike Tyson was lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- don't say, but don't disrespect Valentina and Amanda like that. Because Amanda doesn't even get the opportunity, which we just talked about mm-hmm. earlier. We just talked about, yeah. I mean, that stretch of time and. That stretch of time in MMA with Connor and Ron, like that was like pre-champion Connor when like every single fight he had just kind of captivated the entire the entire world and Ronda. That was a special time in mixed martial arts. Andres, you mentioned this earlier about the UFC not being the best, or just I think MMA in general not being the best at promoting fighters of color. Um, do you think this comes in, at all into it? With uh, yes. Valentina and Amanda Nunes, or just in, yes. in, in just other female champions, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, I always said Rose Nam Nunes was a layup for them in terms of yeah. her story, marketability. Mm-hmm. She was a layup. Ronda's the easiest layup because, you know, you can't argue against what she accomplished, but she also, it's easy to market that look. Yeah. And uh, fighters of color, if you don't have a and it's funny because you guys know the UFC team. There are lots of people of color that work behind the scenes, right? But they have stories to tell. And I've always said this about boxing. 
lazy journalists always tell the same stories about fighters of color. He fought his way out of the projects because he didn't have a daddy. And now he's a world champion. And that's not true for every fighter. Fighters have different stories. It's, it's kind of like pro wrestling where uh, a white wrestler has so many gimmicks. They can be so many different things. But, the, you know, the Latino wrestler, you know, they, they're the same. They had guys coming on lawnmowers because they can't think of anything better. You have to tell better stories with your fighters. And it's not like there's not a base out there that you can appeal to. There's a reason why the MMA crowds look like they do. There's a reason why there's still people that I know that I grew up with say, you watch that white boy sport? And it's not because there's so many people of color in the sport. But if you're not selling them to these markets, how do they even know they exist? Because my friends ain't buying no expensive-ass UFC pay-per-view for fighters that they don't know. But you have to sell these fighters to a community. And that's what boxing does so well. You look at the Javante Davises of the world. You look at the Deontay Wilders of the world. They are able to sell these fighters. The UFC just has a huge problem selling fighters of color. And I, I, I can't understand it. There's so many intriguing stories. I don't want to hear about Kamara Usman's dad in jail for the billionth time. There's so much more to him being a father. I don't want to go to Black History Month and the story that you're telling is Michael Chandler adopted a black kid. Look, I think it's so great that Michael Chandler adopted a black kid, but that's not my Black History Month story when you got a billion fighters of color. What are you doing here? It's lazy storytelling. Everything's got to have a story behind it. And if you can't tell a story properly, you shouldn't be in this business. And I'm, I'm just saying the UFC should do better. Michael Chandler adopted a black kid, Black History Month. And then, you know, I love Don Anik, but, you know, he's like, we're so glad to have Michael Chandler. So, man, get the hell out of here. You have so many black fighters. You have Aljamain Sterling sitting right there. You got Kamara Usman sitting right there. John Jones is the best fighter in the world. So what? off of that, what do you make of uh, – they've pushed Daniel Cormier quite a bit, both on UFC and ESPN. And I know Roy, Roy Nelson had a lot of negative things to say about that back in the day, but what do you make of that? Because I know that's what people – I know I'm just playing devil's advocate based on what people will bring up in the comments. Look, look, if you play ball, it's okay. Because Tyron Woodley, at one time, was one of the baddest fighters on the planet and was also one of the most disrespected champions in the UFC. Demetrius Johnson, too. Yes. But in Tyron's case, he would buck the system, right? He, but there was so much appeal to Tyron Woodley. Like, he was in straight out of Compton. There were so many things yeah. you could do with this man. He, he looked the part. He looks the part, too. You know what I mean? Like, he, he had it. He had the story. He had everything, you know? Man looked like a super soldier. Let's go back to Rashad Evans when he was on The Ultimate Fighter and the shit that he got for being a showboat. Mm. Being this, like, listen, but Cormier, I love Cormier. Cormier's a very nice guy. But him being so nice and, like, agreeable is easy to sell. But when you're not those things and you're a person of color, they don't want to hear it. They, they just don't want to deal with it. And there's always one, you know, there's always one guy that's like, all right, this is an easy, easy sell. We can deal with him. And then plus you can't deny Cormier's credentials. You just couldn't do that. I, I, want to, I have a black friend. <laughs> essentially, essentially that's what it is. You have all these black fighters. Look, I use Aljamain Sterling as a perfect example. Aljamain Sterling could be marketed to the community because if anybody ever saw this, they put him with Eric B in a commercial that hardly yeah. anybody saw. It was Aljamain Sterling and Eric B from Eric B and Rakim. Mm-hmm. And, the, and yeah. Aljo had the flat top with the gold chain. And I'm like, why aren't you guys like putting him on Sway in the morning? Why isn't he on like the breakfast club? Why is he in these markets to appeal to a community that you desperately need? Even though UFC is comfortable with where they're at, there's still untapped markets that you can hit with a lot of these fighters. And they're just not 
doing it, and I can't understand why. I just don't get it. Yes, I do. Yeah. Never mind. I'm sorry. I do get it. Yeah, you get, Kobe no, you, you goes, get it. You get yeah. it. <laughs> Kobe Covington yeah. goes to the White House to be the interim <laughs> champion. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I was all I was kind of shocked because I wasn't I was never into combat sports until I got into MMA, but then I, when I got to MMA, I started going to boxing events. You know, my wife she covers lots of Mayweather big boxing events, so I started going to these boxing events, and I was like, holy crap! Even though it's just still people punching each other for money, the demographic the demographic was so different. And Andres, you you have to you see, you go to both you go to big events for both both sports, and you just. I, the, I, the demographic crossover is very, very limited. And, um, yeah, I just I've, – I've always been kind of amazed by that. Like, cause like you know, I, li- I live in Inglewood here. It's a – I mean, it's a very diverse community here. And um, so when we're I, – I train in my garage, and I can and I can tell. Like, everyone like, – there's, like, there's, like, youth boxing gyms down the street. No one knows what MMA is in this neighborhood. So, like, when we're rolling on the ground and our neighbors are walking by, I know they're looking at us like – that's some weird shit going there, you know? So it, it's just, I think it's so, intri- I, I, I never under, quite understood why or how MMA can be kind of just part of um, the black community. Because I know it's kind of getting there in small parts, but as a whole, it's still a novelty. When you, would you, was, is that correct, Andres? Oh, that's absolutely correct. Listen, like for me, when I got into it, it's because like most people, I've ran across UFC 2 on my black box as a kid. And I was like, I just like watching people get punched in the face yeah. for a living. That's just the things that I do. And I enjoyed it. But, you know, when after the dark period, when UFC came back, they had, you know, once Zufa came into the picture, they had opportunities to tell better stories. And I always use Rashad Evans as a perfect example. Rashad Evans was an easy sell to the community. He was the champ. He won the ultimate fighter. And he felt like one of us. He came out to Mob Deep, shook ones. He felt like one of us. But it felt like that the UFC kind of muted what Rashad Evans was, and they didn't mm-hmm. give him the opportunity to promote himself in the markets that he needed to be in. I wrote for the Source magazine. I interviewed Rashad Evans. But I felt like, shouldn't he be everywhere? Shouldn't you be putting him on BT? Shouldn't you be putting, again, put him in these markets? He should be recognized by the community and inspire the youth to want to get involved in MMA. But if you're not infiltrating those markets, you can't, it'll remain the perception that, you know, it's a bunch of Budweiser drinking white guys, college kids that like the sport when that's not true. And they don't even make up a majority of the sport as mm-hmm. fighters. Yeah, It's crazy. I just, I, again, I can't wrap my head around it in those terms, but then I hear Dana White talk sometimes. I'm like, I get it. I get it. All right. We we'll do some rapid fire, Jose. Who did uh sure? Who did what Woodley play in uh Strata Compton? Was he part of Lynch Mob? He was part of Lynch Mob. Correctly. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. I couldn't remember. That's the easiest like how could you not sell that? But whatever. Whatever. All right, here we go. Yeah, um, all right, rapid fire before we close it out. Uh, so, so I'm going to our YouTube comments. So thank you for all the comments. Uh I'm gonna throw a bunch up now. I've been I've been keeping track. Uh here we go. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What are your 4th of July plans? Getting no ready fights. to go to Vegas. No big fights? No so fights, yeah. I'm getting ready to go to Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah this is for Jose, before we got on, I, I said I hadn't covered a fight live since last March. So I'm mentally preparing myself for McGregor Poirier next week. I'm jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. So I'm about to drink yeah. a lot this weekend. How about that? Yeah, it felt like because I was talking with our good buddy Oscar Willis and I like, felt for like a year and a half. It was me, him, John Morgan and like a rotating group of uh, other MMA medias that would come in and out. And it is the last few we've seen more and more of our old friends again. So it's going to be fantastic to see a bunch of the people I haven't seen in a long time. Okay. It feels weird going to Las Vegas and not seeing everyone. I know. Crazy. What are, so your 4th of July plans are to, are preparing for Connor versus Mentally, Dustin. yes. He's going to sit there like... I'm going to stretch. I'm going to get all my healthy fats in. I'm going to get all that stuff. Get ready. Right. Carb up. You, you already know. And it's high sale in Vegas too. So yeah, I'm, I'm relaxing this week. Once, yeah, I'm going to go last see some, Saturday. I'm going to go see some boxing. <laughs> yeah, last, last Saturday there was so much boxing, bo- bare knuckle boxing, and MMA that like a week of nothing will probably mentally reset me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. Uh, I have a question for Andres oh. since he calls the clubs. All right, this question first. Hi guys, stopped. Stop to moan and say hi. Uh, go Ryan Hall. Yes, Ryan Hall is returning and the fight we're all going to be at. So very excited. Uh, Andreas, uh, last weekend we had uh, Lomachenko win, Tank Davis win. We had the big UFC fight. We had bare knuckle boxing going on. Biggest winner, single winner of all those events. Who stood out? Whose performance stood out the most? Javante Davis. Tank looked, uh, Tank Prude showed us a lot. He fought Mario Barrios at a higher weight class. Now, granted, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors with that fight. Mario Barrios yeah. was tall, and they made it seem like, oh, he's tall. But Mario Barrios, he fights on the inside. So he's kind of, I don't want to say he's tailor-made for Tank, but it was a fight that Tank could win. But he faced some adversity, and he showed this power could carry up from 30 all the way up to 40. And he filled up another building in Atlanta at State Farm Arena. The kid's a star. He, like, he's mm-hmm. a star. He's the biggest winner, and I can't wait to see him fight again. Was that Get a good Ryan fight? I, think, I, I really, I really no, beautiful see, fight, uh, awesome. beautiful performance. It, it was, like it was. You have, the, I need. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's one of the. I've, I've spent a lot of time saying I can't wait to see what happens when Tank Davis gets punched in the mouth yeah. one good time and how he reacts. And Mario Barrios hit him a lot, and Tank adjusted after those yeah. first four rounds. We was trying to figure it out, and then it became a war. And Mario Barrios had never been down in his career, and he like he in that uppercut to the body. Was a oh. thing of beauty. It was. It was I, tweet, I, I tweeted a gif of it, Casey. It was picture perfect. It, it every single question I had going into that fight for both men was answered. Like I think both men came out winners, but obviously Tank Davis was the biggest winner. And I need to see him fight Ryan Garcia. That's literally the only fight I want right now. But it's not gonna happen. Yeah. No, is, not anytime. Never gonna is happen. that a fight that actually makes sense, or is that more just of a, no? That's. I it think it's sense. a fight that makes it. Okay. Well, it should I, be. I, actually, um, I don't follow boxing super close. It but should, I, I it know should Ryan be Ryan. 
Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney should be fighting because like there's those videos of them like am they fought amateurs a thousand times and they trained and that's the big story but of course they're never I don't think Ryan Garcia is ever going to take that fight uh but Tank Davis is uh it'll happen because you know Eddie Hearn in the zone and match room it'll happen it has more of a chance happening than than Tank and Ryan Garcia um you know Floyd Mayweather had those comments like we can keep all the fights in house we don't have to venture outside that's posturing because if the money's right and Ryan Garcia yeah, continues yeah, yeah. and stock continues to rise, you damn right they're gonna fight. So I'm gonna I'm gonna present you some names because me well, I have I talk about these a lot off off this podcast, but now that you're here, I want to take advantage of it. Haney, Garcia, Tank, Lomachenko, Lopez. Ten years. Who's had the best career? Okay. In 10 years from now. Before I answer this question, are you talking about in terms of how much money they made in star power or the better actual boxing career? The boxing career. That's tough. It's tough. I'm I'm leaning towards Tiafimo right now Um, because he already beat one of the best fighters in the world. Yeah. Yes. And Tank is very small and he's outgrowing his weight class. So when he fights taller fighters, it's going to be difficult. Ryan got put down by Luke Campbell. He got up, which was great. But I feel like Ryan's own personal issues may get in the way of his career. Devin Haney is probably the most skilled, but I think he's going to turn into one of those fighters like Terrence Crawford where he can't land the big fight. So I'm going to say Tia Fimo for now because Tio is an excellent fighter. Uh, Marketability, like he's very marketable. Like his post-fight celebrations are there. Cuts a good promo. Cuts a good promo. His his dad is batshit crazy. Um, he's pretty much got everything that you would want to see for a young fighter to become a superstar. So, in terms of boxing career, I'm going to go with Tio right now. You think Haney's be- uh, more is going to is the more talented boxer than Lopez? I've, yeah, I, I think they're they're. On I, I'm a su- I am a such a big fan of I'm such a big fan of Lopez, but like it, I like I, I so I don't know. I'm just this is the first I've heard someone argue that. Yeah. No, Devin, Devin gets a lot of shit, right? Because he doesn't finish people off. But you know who else yeah. got a lot of shit for not finishing people off? Floyd Mayweather. And the thing about Devin is he's got How's an he excellent jab. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather. He's doing all right? Yeah, he's, you know, wearing yeah. hella gold chains yeah. and yelling at him. He's crazy. But Devin is a guy I think is like, when you watch his fundamentals, and for kids too, right? It's not like mm-hmm. he hasn't gotten close to peaking yet. So uh, we're going to see him fight... Um, a lot more, and I think people will get over themselves. They'll be critical, but as long as he keeps winning uh, and he gets bigger and, and wins more titles, I think skill-wise, he's him and T.O. are right there, I think. Yeah. Also, if you were to tell me that Ryan Gar- – like in 10 years from now, if you were to tell me that Ryan Garcia never fought again, I also wouldn't be surprised either because I feel like he's in and out of the sport so much, which is unfortunate because I think he's super talented, but he's it's always in and out with him. He always tells me he's going to retire in three years, right? Yeah. And that's well, what a lot he's, of he, he had said at one point he wanted to quit M- boxing in like five years and do MMA. I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. He told me he wanted anyway. to have a clothing line. He was like, I want to have a clothing line. I was like, Ryan, yeah. listen, man, you're young, right? And when you hit 30, you're going to be like surprised and you're going to be like, I still feel like I got more left in me. All fighters do this. I'm going to retire before I'm 30. No, you're not. But him, he's got like Abercrombie and Fitz things, and his social yeah. media page is blowing yeah, up. Yeah. He doesn't have to fight. No, he really you know doesn't. Like, Ryan, how old is Ryan Garcia right now? Twenty-two. I believe him in twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah, yeah him 22, and Haney. When you're twenty-two, the age of thirty feels like sixty-five. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I get that. When you're 22, you feel like 30s old, but when you're 30, you go, oh, I'm, all right. Ryan also he Ryan also has like the best team like in terms of his coaches and everything in box he trains with Canelo like Canelo's in the going all of his fights and everything so he's gonna get that rub too so yeah I hope he doesn't quit but if again if you were to tell me he never fought again I wouldn't be surprised no I wouldn't be either just fly through these just fly through these happy 55th birthday to Mike Tyson oh most memorable Mike Tyson moment Andreas real quick just one. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it in the in the ring. In the ring. Oh come on! I'm sure, oh, I'm sure you. I don't want. All right, fine, fine. Out of the ring. What biggest, most come memorable on. moment in Tyson? The interview Shoot. where he told Lesnar he's gonna eat his kids, man. Like, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. that's that's. Look, I've watched every Tyson fight. I actually have a DVD collection of every single Tyson fight. And yes, he was explosive, phenomenal in the ring. But that post fight promo, like he, that man cut a promo. They, like, there's yo. reasons they use their reasons they use that promo and like there's like i feel like there's a song every year that comes out that uses parts of that promo yes yes and like mike was an enigma so yes fifth dan the fact that he's still here at 55 given how oh much his life was is a, is like a victory in itself mike tyson's biggest turnaround like he between him and snoop dogg their baby face turns were incredible snoop yeah. was on trial for murder Right, yes, Mike Tyson went for jail for rape, and these guys are like two massive baby faces. Snoop's doing a goddamn Corona commercial. You could have told me this shit in the '90s that these two would still be here doing this. Snoop Incredible. and Martha Stewart doing shit together. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what, dude? All right. Yeah, I have issues with Mike Tyson, but um, I understand. I I, I understand. I understand. No, there's redemption. You I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Mike Tyson normalized face tattoos. Oh my God. I would not. Someone told me that's the most because I'm I I I I'm, I I'm kind of big into the tattoo world, and uh, that's probably the most famous tattoo in the world. Is Mike Tyson's face tattoo? I would say. Yeah, when he did it, we was like he's lost his goddamn mind. But yeah, but then you know what? Now you don't even see. He it. also it's just kind they, of part of it. It's, it's weird. It's you also you yeah. that that tattoo has also brought to the forefront copyright laws and tattoos because like now if you put it in a game or like when it was in the Hangover, you have it's it's copyright trademark stuff because uh that there was a, it's an original piece that the artist did. Remember Carlos wow. Condit got sued for that. Yeah, Carlos Condit's uh, too when they put it in the video game. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Uh, all right, uh, Sean should choose Kelleher. Wouldn't hate it. Brian Boom Kelleher, good friend of the show, has called him out a bunch. I like that fight, uh, actually. Yeah. So do no, I. I like him a lot. I like that fight a lot. Do, do, do. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, few, a lot of people said uh, they want they, they would love to see Kelleher. Uh, yeah. I think he called him out on this show a few times, so yeah. it would make sense. <laughs> uh, okay, boom. He also said that he, if he wins, he would smoke with him, so I think that just sells yeah. right there. Thoughts on Dana acting like a child okay. because Francis has a great MMA management team take didn't didn't take the bs that came out of dana's mouth yeah we talked about this a lot dana just not every time coaches or man managers push back on dana like that i, I think as, as a general rule if dana is talking shit about your manager your manager is doing a good job great yes yes your, absolutely. if you're a fighter your manager should not be best friends if they're promoted they should actually hate each other you know it's a, you yeah. know it's like there because yeah like, you know like Holly, like Holly Holmes, longtime manager, yep. and him, her and Dana's are not on good terms. Yeah, uh, like that's that means they're doing their job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, another one from Mr. Boza. 
AG fights Poor Glover and Jan's fight supposed to take place at UFC 266. Pushed back to UFC 267. You know, Francis asked for Derek at 266. UFC said no. What the hell is going on? So I believe. Yeah, I don't know. Glover and Jan is allegedly going to take place in Abu Dhabi. Uh, cool timing, I guess. I thought it would be so. I thought it made too much sense to have Jan and Glover in Chicago, considering there's that big Polish population. Jack, yeah, throw Martin Tiber on that card too. Throw Yoan on that card. But obviously, as I've said a million times, anything we want doesn't happen in the UFC. No. And the question was, what the hell is going on? Dog, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on. Your yeah. guess is as good as ours. Someone wants money. That's all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's Dana true. don't want to pay people what they're worth. Or rather, Hunter Campbell. Yep. Yeah. The, guy, the lawyer? Yeah. yeah. Who's Ro- at every Ro- who's Ro- at Hawani on Twitter? Mm. Who's <laughs> at every every press conference you go to now? Hunter's standing off to the side. When yeah. Dana speaks over to the side, it's usually to him. Yeah, remember pre the cell, you would hear fighters, Connor would be like, oh, I'm going to talk to the Fertitta brothers after. I mean, uh, Lorenzo. Yeah, no, it wasn't Dana. So basically, the new Lorenzo is um, Hunter Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, is anyone excited for Lewis Sagan as a fight? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. You, I mean, when we when we hate on this fight, we don't hate on Lewis versus Gone in in itself. Them punching each other for money. That's cool. That's gonna be great. But obviously, it's outside of the fight, which makes it an issue. Correct. You don't need a t- yeah. you don't need a fake belt. No, I love the fight. I don't love yeah. the fact that you're undermining Francis and Gunn. That's it. That's it. Uh, Jake Paul donating money to fighters. Yes. Uh, what is Sarah Alpar? I yeah. believe is her name. Started a GoFundMe, and Jake Paul t- quote tweeted it or shared a, an article and was uh, basically like, "It's a disgrace. This and that. You have my support." So on and so forth. So uh, we've talked about this a million times. Me and Casey on various posts to preview and A side shows. But Andreas, what are your thoughts on professional boxer Jake Paul uh, dipping, like getting into the uh, UFC pay, fighter pay argument? Look, man, you can hate the messenger, but the message is correct. And what Jake Paul is doing, I applaud that man for it. He could be a douchebag and all that other stuff. I'm separating those things right now because he is absolutely right. The fact that he has the power to do something like this and ruffle some feathers and then donate to fighters. Come on, man. It's really making Dana look like a fool. So shout out to Jake Paul in in terms of that. Like. I've had time to sit with him. Like when I was with the zone, you know, we did a couple of his fights. I've spent a lot of time with him. You may not like him as a person, but again, the message is on point here and I love it. Mm-hmm. Jake Paul, Jake Paul annoys me because it reminds me, God dang it. Humans are complicated. You, know, you can't just be, why is there a gray? Either a good guy or a bad guy. God dang it. I hope he's doing this for the right reasons too, because I know a lot of people saying he's just doing it just to get, just to take shots at Dana. If that's what it takes, so be it. If that's okay. what it takes to have change, so be it. But I hope he sticks with it is what I me think too. people are saying. It's not just a smoke screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we have an interview coming out with um, uh, the uh, what was the latest Sarah Alpar? Sarah Alpar. Alpar. Yeah, we have we did an interview with her today and while she was getting um, while Jake Paul was um, donating money to her. It's pretty awesome. I'm gonna fly through these. Hot take: John Jones loses to everyone in the top five of heavyweight and light heavyweight besides Lewis and Cher. I think John. I think John Jones could very well has an extremely high chance of being the heavyweight champion of the world. 
Yeah, I think he will be. That's just, but I've been saying that forever. I've, I I I think John Jones has lost his last two fights. Yeah, I think he wasn't motivated. But, huh? I'm sorry. I don't think he was as motivated. I think if if this man fights as a heavyweight, I think fighting for if if you're not if uh, Francis Ngannou is going to motivate John Jones, I also think that John Jones has one of if not the highest fight IQs I've ever seen inside an octagon. I think John is going to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Are we really doing motivated John Jones? Yes. Are we, yes, we, are. Are we, are we there yet? Yes. Are we there? Yes. Are we doing motivated John one. Jones? <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, we have to. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, I don't, actually, I don't like John at heavyweight. Um, I, don't, I don't agree with the light heavyweight thing. Uh, he can't be anyone in the top five light heavyweight. At heavyweight, um, uh, I don't know, actually. Um, I mean, anyone I'm, at heavyweight can put you to sleep in one punch. That's the thing. Like you give Derek Lewis twenty five minutes to land one punch. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Anyway. The Ngannou fight is the intriguing one because John's yeah. never been a great striker, right? And it only really takes one from Ngannou. That's why I always wanted to see the Rumble Johnson John Jones fight because I wanted yes. to see him deal with that kind of striking. So that's the only thing that concerns me is that power because John he can get hit a lot and it only takes one from a heavyweight. But I think a light heavyweight, I think he beats everybody there. Yeah. You're you're, you're Kraska. Right. That's that's he's future champ. Yuri Prokaska. Yeah, because he fought in Ryzen. We get it. Anyway, um, we want. Yeah, yeah. We we Casey. We know you like this. Isn't between the links. You're not hijacking for with Yuri Prokaska talk. Anyway, uh, we're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, we've been going a little. We've been going on for a long time. We've been about 18 minutes long. I did want to get this in because I saw him tweeting about it for a bit. Top three MMA fights we're looking forward to. John Jones, Francis Ngannou. If that ever happens, are we talking about realistic fights? Yeah, fights that are, are actually going to happen. I don't know. I'm really excited for TJ and Corey, San- Corey Sanhagen. Mm. That, and that doesn't have a date, right? Yes, it does. Doesn't oh, it, it does end of July? Date? They rebooked yeah, it for end of July. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, Adesanya Whitaker 2, whenever that happens. Uh... MMA. F- oh, and uh, Pitbull McKee. Yeah, that's those the one. Three. Pitbull McKee. That that was the one that immediately came to mind. I yeah, can't wait three. for that fight. No. Quite a schedule. I, I'm very interested in next week's fight with Connor and Dustin too, because I, I need Dustin to get his flowers. Lie. Like I really <laughs> need him to truly get his flowers. By you know, nine times out of ten, the the guy who wins the second fight wins the third fight in the trilogy. So if Dustin does this, I'm interested. But if Connor wins, the internet breaks again. So I'm very intrigued by the atmosphere next week for that fight. Yeah, that fight. I'm super, but I just want that fight. I can't talk about that fight because I'm going to jinx it and then it won't happen. Oh, I, I love chaos. So let's talk so about it. So do I? I love chaos. I love chaos. Because it's, it's not I on me. It's, it's not my money. I know. I absolutely love chaos too. When I was sitting cage side, when Nate Diaz got the cut and then they they called the fight against Jorge and everyone was, I'm like, I, this is kind of fun. This is funny to me. I uh, just fight fans so upset. But we've gone a little over time, and I wanted to get this in because I saw him tweeting about it and I right before we close out. Uh, real quick, Andres, what do you think of the offseason? I like the offseason. I also what think is it's season? overrated. What is uh, it's it's J-, J. Cole's new, J. Cole's latest album. Oh, yes. Gotcha. It came I, out right when I was going to Houston. It came out, so that's literally all I listened to when I was walking to events. 
Like, I like the offseason a lot. My problem with it is not J. Cole. It's J. Cole fans. They were like, this is classic. It's the greatest album yeah. ever. It's like, it was out for like 24 hours. It was out for 24 hours, and it was already like instant classic, this and that. It's like, relax, but I thought it was really good. I don't know if it's album of the year, though, because Tyler, the creator's album is really I was going to bring it up. That's what I was going to close That's with. That's what I, I want to talk about Tyler's call album. Me yeah. if you, call Me If You Get Lost is so good, and I am so happy, part, because like 2013 Jose is so happy that Domo Genesis came back and is back on another track. <laughs> Obviously, I'm bummed out. I'm bummed that Earl and Frank aren't on it, but you can't get everything you want for Call Me If You Get Lost absolutely is phenomenal. It's a, it's better than Igor, and Igor is was it? fantastic, too. You think oh, it's better yes. than Igor? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I like it better. Way I, better. I, I, I love Igor, so I'm not – I don't love it. I'm not love like, this new one. I love this new one, but I don't love it as much. In terms of a complete rap album that hits every single spectrum because Tyler got, got, gets, got some good melodies on it. He's got some good production on it. It's his best bars – in a long time like his flow and rhyming in there is better than it's been in a long time yeah this is tyler's best album i think this is the culmination of all of his of like his last few years there it is it's you know i wasn't i was not a big tyler fan with goblin and wolf i was not a big odd future fan but there was the talent was always there like you could see the musicality and everything was always there this is like tyler reaching his final form right like this is him ditching all the you know like late teens early 20 year old nonsense he was rapping about but now it's like everything's kind of coming together for him and igor was that project as well like igor being what it was and call me if you get lost being what this is Mm. it's like when kendrick made to pimp a butterfly and damn right Mm -hmm. there were two completely different projects that people love for different reasons this album is incredible This, this right now this is my album of the year Mine too, and I've, 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 I have not stopped listening to it. Also, I just want to point out, I have an absolutely massive Goblin poster right here that I got from that tour uh, that I've never got rid of. <laughs> I liked Goblin, but like obviously listening back to it, I was like, oh, like this is just not high quality music. But at oh, the time, uh, oh. it was just it was just refreshing. It was like a new t- it was like just the new th- scene. I was also like twenty two when it came out, and it was something I just had felt I had become stagnant, and mu- music had become a little stagnant. It was just something new. Um, but I'm glad Domo's back because Domo went, Genesis went to college with me for one year. He went to ASU and he walked around house parties and he's like, I'm going to be a professional musician and I'm going to oh. buy his, his first, uh, uh, he's like, when I become a millionaire, I'm going to buy a diamond Charizard medallion. And guess what he bought? A diamond Charizard medallion. And I remember that house party when he told everyone that and I was like, good on you, man. Look, since we're doing stories, fun fact, um, <laughs> I'm very close. I used to be the editorial content director for Two Doughboys. And if oh, anybody no. remembers, yeah, 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 had beef with Two Doughboys. A little we bit. At, yeah, a little bit. Okay. We were at South by Southwest one year during the Woody Awards. The, and Tyler, the creator. 2011? The, the 2011 yeah. one. Uh, that's, the yeah. big, that's the big Tyler one. Yeah, that's when I was at yes. too. And he says, fuck Two Doughboys at the Woody Awards. Yeah. And we were there, me, Shake, and Mecca from Two Dope Boys, and I'm like, we're about to fight. Like, there's about to be a fight. Because they, they talked, like, we thought we were going to get into it with them. It's a long story about why that happened, but it was never anything personal with Tyler and them. It's just when you are in music and you get so much music every day, you don't get a chance to listen to it all. And we didn't get a chance at that time to listen to Tyler like that. And then the quality wasn't that great in terms of sound quality. No. And, and But... Yeah, so there was a time that I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to fight Tyler the Creator. 
That's crazy. And now I'm listening to his music. I'm like, this is incredible. Like this man, yeah. he's grown so much as an artist. It's incredible. There was that early Tyler. Like if anyone has ever used GarageBand, like the default sounds, like the noise <laughs> effects and everything, they're all in Tyler's old music because that's all he could do. And he was like recording into his microphone laptop. I loved it because I thought it sound. I think that's what like the charm was for it. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best. Oh, like no. Bastard still. I still love Bastard, that album. I was anyway. I was I was a big Odd Future fan from day one when I first heard Girl, it. Yeah, back, me too. Orange Juice, Wolfgang Orange Juice is one he says. Uh, yeah. Odd Future, Wolfgang, Kill 'Em All, yeah. Don't Give an F, Two, uh, and then Loader Squad, Bacon Boys, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Oh wait, Andres might nonsense. appreciate this. Hold on, wait. Uh, see, check out got my little Grave Diggers poster back there. Oh, six feet under, man. Poor and poor we got, <laughs> and we got my doom shrine right behind me r.i.p i said that is a legit metal mask that my friend uh, molded for me you see that right over there in the corner look at you man oh the mad villain oh, you love to see it r.i.p that crushed my doom. soul doom is one it was one of the greatest of all time man just a complete hit that's an enigma right there that dude speaking of which super what with mf doom and Zarface rules too this year that's very way up there on album. very damn good album anyway we've gone an hour and a half but i'll yeah. talk with andres anyway andres thank you so much for joining us again you can plug whatever you want to plug right now before we sign off uh you can follow me on social media at andreas hale uh we didn't get a chance to talk about it but if you see this thing behind me our heroes rock that's me and uh Big E from the WWE and Johnny Davenport who designs the New Day's gear. We're doing a cartoon that's kind of schoolhouse rock on black history with some hip hop involved. Uh, we raised a bunch of money on Kickstarter. We're in production right now. Uh, Rhapsody is doing the song about Ruby Bridges. It's going to be really dope 3D animation. So that's coming at you hopefully by the end of this year. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Just, you know, just keep up with me. If you follow me on social media, you're going to get a treat because I don't just talk about MMA. I talk about everything and it gets wild and people say crazy things to me. I'm sure you guys have seen that before. We love it. We love it. We're also in a case. We're in a fun chat. Me and Andreas are in a fun chat. We just talk about hip hop the whole time. And is clearly kind of on sabbatical right now because he's, he's dad part two. So when he comes back, he'll be Dude. back on the show again. Dude, that guy has been ducking me. He's like... <laughs> I, I, oh, because of training. Yeah, 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 I whooped up on him one day, and he's all like, oh, crap, I better go make some babies. Otherwise, I got, <laughs> I got no excuse to come over here and take my whoop and take my whooping from Casey. So, just saying. But we're cool. Hey, man. We're, cool. we're not keeping score. It's just fun. We're just, it's just sparring. We're learning. We're not, we're we're not learning. keeping score. It's just one nothing, Casey. Yeah. Well, what shit? One nothing. <laughs> shit. What even is going on? Anyway, you can find this on all your Spotify networks and. I don't think we'll be back next week because we'll, Casey and I will be at Media Day with Andreas for UFC yeah. 264. So uh, we're going to skip next week. We'll be back next week by Andreas. See you in Vegas, man. Thanks for joining us. All right, y'all. Peace oh my out. God. We didn't even talk about Joe Schilling. Oh, boy. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. But that's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. 
<laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. 